Hello, and welcome to Young Folk Knits. My name is Casey. And I'm Becky. And this is a very yarny podcast. Becky, I'm so glad to get to chat with you again. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm happy to chat with you too. It's my favorite time of the week. Me too. I saw on Instagram today that you finished your gift knitting extravaganza. I did. The knitting badge neckerchief train has rolled into the station and everyone's got off. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you're so excited. So did you immediately cast something else on? I picked out yarn and... um, maybe picked out a pattern. I'm not sure. But then I also put some yarn in my cart. <laughs> I I really want to make, um, I can't even remember the name of it. It's a, it's a summer top by Park Williams. And so I put some yarn in my cart for that. And then I pulled out some Knit Picks Kotlin DK. And I'm either going to make um, a summer ranunculus or some type of tank with that. I like it. Is that the Seabreeze? sweater vest pattern that's it that's it (laughs) remembered what about you i have been knitting a little bit on a moonset pullover by Haley from ozetta and i am absolutely loving it i did not think i would love it as much (laughs) as i do i'm using some new to me yarn from camellia fiber company And it's a DK weight yarn. It's a summer, what I would call a summer yarn, but I think I could use this any time of year. It's got alpaca, silk, and linen, and it's just so heavenly. (laughs) So I'm really enjoying, I'm really enjoying working on that. I've also been working on my shawl, my birds of a feather shawl, still have not finished that up yet. So nothing, nothing new, really just trying to finish up some projects. So do we have a couple of questions that we're going to chat about today? Yes, we do. We've got our first question from Rochelle. She says, hello, Becky. Hello, Casey. What are y'all's summer color palettes for knitting? First of all, she's after my heart. She's throwing a y'all in there. Right? <laughs> my own heart. You know, I I um, have always been really bad about just sticking with neutrals. So in the summer, it would basically just be a white or off-white top. Um, or even like a, a really, I made my Soho blouse out of it yes, last year, but um, a really blue. I, I have a chambray no, blue? Sort <laughs> of a, cham- a chambray blue, but um, a sky blue. I really like, I really like that blue. But this year I am getting a little bit out of my comfort zone. I've got some springy green colors i've got some orangey reds and then of course the moonset pullover i'm working on is a creamy color so i have to balance it a little bit i can't go too crazy but (laughs) that is so far my my summer palette what about you i always think you have excellent choice of color um for myself i'm just so boring it's like it's the same thing as the winter (laughs) but in like summer form so it's navy uh, maybe a dark teal, like a cactus green, a rust or a salmon, like a dark salmon color, and then like an ochre. Pretty much just that. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> right. They're just my favorite colors, and I just apply them to each season. You know, I feel like 
it's fun to knit with different colors and it's fun to knit with kind of of the moment colors but if it's not something that you really love i find that in the end you don't end up reaching for it very often it may just be a seasonal like that one season that that color was trending and you liked it but in two years are you still gonna love it maybe not <laughs> yeah probably and i think when you have like um i don't know to say your colors i mean you can do whatever you want but then your wardrobe kind of everything kind of works together when you have you know something that like a certain palette that you stick with and i don't really um i'm just you know you, you've been to my house <laughs> every wall is white <laughs> i am very boring when it comes to color i want to be adventurous <laughs> there's nothing wrong with using color if you love color then i think if that makes you happy you should use it there's nothing wrong with it but i also don't think that you should feel shamed or feel bad for knowing what works for you and sticking with it especially for garments and then it's a little bit easier to be more adventurous in accessories because you can sort of have a pop of color in a hat or a scarf or a shawl and, right. and still have your capsule wardrobe that all works really well together. Right. And I do think I am more adventurous when it comes, if you can use that word, um, <laughs> when it comes to like shawls or, or things like that or earrings. I think I am in that way. Otherwise, I just, just made a bright red neck neckerchief. I did. I did. It goes well with my other sad beige clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's Becky. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have a very good sense of color. Well, thank you. Okay, so we have another question, and this is from Ruth. And she said, what would your desert island yarn and pattern be? And caveat, it's a cold island. <laughs> That's super cute. <laughs> oh, this is a stressful question. What do you think, Becky? <laughs> it's like choosing a favorite child. Like, which child <laughs> do you pick to live? On the island <laughs> with <Exactly>. you. <laughs> um, man, that's super hard. Um, maybe like the first thing that comes to mind is just because it's a nostalgic yarn for me because it was my first quote unquote fancy yarn uh, would probably just be Malabrigo. I that was like my first um yarn that wasn't just like big box yarn or um just like your run of the mill. Is there a specific Malabrigo that you like the best? I like the Rios. I think mm -hmm. I, I think that would probably be it. I probably would choose Malabrigo Rios and then I would make a shawl. It's because so right, cuz I just love to make shawls. I really do. And we, you and I both feel that way about shawls. I mean, they're not incredibly practical, but I do wear my shawls. I wear, I mean, they are practical, but you know, you know what I mean? I do wear my shawls, though. They're not just like something I make and then just fold up. I wear them quite regularly. You do. You do a good job of it. I, and you don't, you don't just wear your shawls. You do a good job of wearing things you sew and tops that you make. Like whenever we go, even go to an event or something and we're picking out our outfit, I'll say, what are you wearing? And your outfit usually has some, something in it that you made, like a top that you've made. So I love that. I think that's awesome. Thanks. What about you? What's your desert island? This is so hard, so hard. And I'm not even sure if you ask me this question tomorrow, if my answer would be the same. But I think 
cables and lace are my absolute favorite things to knit. I'll just be honest, while I like color work and I will knit it because I like the finished result, I don't enjoy knitting stranded color work. It's really not not something I enjoy. So I think that it would have to be either a cabled pullover. Like um, I test knit a pattern by Sorry Nordland, the Aurelia pullover. And it's a DK weight pattern. It's just covered in cables. I still haven't finished that pattern yet. <laughs> You'll have time on the island. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it on the island. <laughs> but I absolutely love that pattern. I have gotten sidetracked, but I will finish that because I love it. And I don't even think it's that pattern in particular, but I think any similar cables pullover, I would absolutely love to knit. It would either be that or a shawl with a lot of lace in it because I could knit lace in shawls all day, every day and never get tired of it. <laughs> and, you know, as far as yarn goes, I don't I don't think I can pick. <laughs> If it was for a shawl, it would probably be a singles yarn. I really like a singles yarn. I really like Foxy Lady from Farmer's Daughter Fibers, their singles base. I love that in a shawl. And then for a cabled pullover, I just, I don't even know. I can't even pick. I can't even pick a favorite. It would be a wool yarn. It would be 100% wool. Probably a DK weight. That is a good weight. Yeah, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think I can choose. This would not fit into either of those categories, but let me gush a little bit more about the flax yarn I'm using from Camellia Fiber Arts. If it was not a cold island, if it was a summer island, I would probably use that. I love it. It's so soft. And I think that for me and where I live, it is a very practical yarn base. Right. So. I really like, but she said it was a cold island, so I guess I better have some wool. <laughs> Maybe it's in Nova Scotia. Right. <laughs> that that yarn is beautiful. I did uh, have a chance to feel it when I was at your house, and I thought, hey, I'm going to have to get some of that. Yeah, she does a beautiful job dyeing it, too. So do we have another question? We do, and this one comes from Madison. Wink, wink, my daughter-in-law. <laughs> Hello, Madison. Hey, Maddie. Um, I lucked out on the daughter-in-law category. She's just the sweetest, and she's into knitting. So, I mean, what more could you ask for? You've converted her. <laughs> so her question is, what are the best ways to pace yourself and avoid frustration as an excited and overambitious beginner? What do you think, Casey? You know, I think... The first thing that pops into my head is that while you always want to be doing something a little bit out of your comfort zone, just a little bit, because that means that you are growing as a knitter. If you're trying new things, doing something you haven't done before, I think I had a tendency to try to pick projects that were honestly a little bit too advanced for where I was at that moment because I thought that the beginner patterns were just not that cute or not that fun or not something I wanted to knit. So I would say pick some beginner patterns to really get your foundation strong, but make sure that you pick things that you actually want. 
don't necessarily right. don't knit something you don't like. You know, there's so many new patterns now and so many beginner options that I think that there's a lot out there that you should be able to find something that you right. like. What do you think? I think you're right. I think learning something new, um, maybe just something new, like maybe learning how to do a yarn over in this particular pattern or the next one, learning how to, um, I don't know, do make one rights, make one lefts, those type of things, you know, in, in each pattern. But I think it's the time of getting your stitches even and knowing how to hold your yarn. It takes time and everyone, you look back at your, at your first, first, um, finished objects and you know, you should see a marked improvement over what you're, you're knitting now, which, you know, just boils down to the fact that it just takes time to be, to get good. And it does with everything. And I think, um, just to re realize that whenever you see things, um, you know, uh, when I learned to knit, there was no social media. And so, um, I didn't have that, um, comparison to look at people's objects and think, wow, I'm awful and they're wonderful. And how come their things are great and mine are terrible? I must not be good. You know, <laughs> I wow. didn't have, I didn't have that. And I think in some ways that, that was a blessing. Um, I just had myself to compare my, you know, compare to, and then maybe like my mom or my grandma, some ladies at the fabric store who also yeah. knitted, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't like it is now. And I think that I think, you know, seeing things on Pinterest, seeing things on Ravelry, those are all wonderful things because it's nice to get ideas. It's nice to be inspired, but I think it, it brings us to comparison, which I, you know, we all hear that we've all heard that saying it's the thief of joy and it really is to compare yourself to other people. And, you know, you're on your own, just like when you're, if you're going to draw or you're going to do anything like that, you don't compare your art to other art because art is art, even when you're a beginner. So I think just remembering that don't get frustrated that your things don't look like somebody else's. Yeah. You know, one thing I tend to notice a lot in beginners that are learning to knit is um, rowing out. I see that a lot. And I think that whenever they look at their work, they see that and they're like, why does, you know, why does it look like that? And honestly, there are things you can do. Like you can switch up, you can put one size needle if it's an interchangeable needle you can put you know different size needles on each ends of your interchangeable needles but honestly that will usually go away if mm -hmm. you have more practice so it, I, I agree with you it just you know just keep on at it i mean hey I have to say to all you beginners out there, welcome to the to the knitting club. Congratulations. You got, you know, if you have begun, you are now a knitter. Right. So it, you know, if you're knitting your first pot holder, that's okay. You are a knitter now. <laughs> so exactly. it's, you know, it's okay to be a beginner and knit the beginner things and you will be glad later because then whenever you I myself had a tendency to jump into projects that I didn't know what I was doing and it was very frustrating. I would have to rip out and start over. I mean, I did learn a lot, but it was very frustrating yeah. <laughs> along the way. So I think that I think watching YouTube videos are really yes. helpful too. And I, you know, I spoke about how, you know, social media can, you know, be a disadvantage when you're beginning. But then again, there, like you just mentioned YouTube, I didn't have that. If I wanted to figure out a pattern, I had to try to find somebody who knew what, 
what it meant and and then maybe if they could give me some time to watch me what I'm doing. YouTube is wonderful because you've got just gobs and gobs of teaching experiences given to you for free and that's fantastic. Ravelry is great because you can plug in the the skill level that you want to put, you know, what that, that you have, and then it will give you patterns at your skill level, which I think is great. So I think it, there's a pros and cons to both. And, and um, yeah, YouTube is fantastic for that. You know, I was actually thinking about that today because somebody had sent me a message asking me a question. They were really having trouble with um, a particular technique. And one thing I suggested was don't just watch one YouTube tutorial, watch different people show you how to do the same thing. Watch three different people doing the same YouTube tutorial and the different ways that they're explaining it, the different sides that they're coming from, the more they talk about it, it's going to probably give you more of a chance to be like, oh, the light bulb just came on. Now I understand. I've seen all three of these people show me how to do it. So yeah, I, w I wish that there would have been more of that when I started knitting. I didn't, I didn't have YouTube. I had like some books. Right. <laughs> I didn't have anybody that I knew very well that knit to show me much. So it was very frustrating. So I think that um, all of the knitting community, the YouTube, the Instagram, there are some good things that For sure. help beginners. For sure. And I still look at YouTube tutorials. <laughs> I'll look at something. I think, what does that mean? And then I'll have to look up the same type of like my, my make one right and make one left. I will forget it after I do it in a pattern. And I will have to look it up every single time. <laughs> I always, always do a German twisted cast on or a tubular cast on. And the other day it had called for me to do a, just a regular long tail cast on. And I had to sit there and I looked at it and I'm like, if I have to look up how to do a long tail cast on, I'm just not going to do <laughs> Like I refuse. <laughs> oh, I finally, I was like, oh wait, uh, duh. Of course, this is how you do it. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it happens to all of us. We it all sure have to does. look it up sometimes. It sure does. So also before we go, I was going to ask you if you watched Anna from Brooke Willow's new podcast episode today. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I left so hard. So Anna said that she listened to our first podcast and we chatted a little bit about felting. We were like, oh, don't do it. Don't felt your sweater. It's so scary. And she's like, and I was like, oh, that's such a good idea. I should go felt my sweater. <laughs> Super good. It turned out really good because it was, and I think it's nicer for her coat too, because it makes a denser fabric and it makes it more like a coat rather than a giant sweater. And, um, and I think that'd be great for her winters up there. She lives up north and she had enough left over to do something for her dogs, which she said she might do, which I thought that would be awesome. Wouldn't you like love to see someone walking towards you with their dogs on their leash and they're wearing this amazing color work coat and their dogs have matching ones? I'd have to stop her and get my picture taken with her, even if I didn't know her. <laughs> I do. I thought that sounded really cool. I also think that those would make such a cute bag. Like if she sewed them together, it would make, there's just like so many things that she could do with she her. Could. So if you have no idea what we're talking about, you'll have to go watch her. Go late. watch it. Yeah, go watch it. 
But um, yeah, so basically the moral of the story is take everything we say with a grain of salt. Right. Listen to us and go home and do the opposite. <laughs> and then tell us about it. Exactly. <laughs> Well, thank y'all so much for hanging out with us today. That is all the time we have for this week, but we look forward to chatting with y'all again soon. Until next time, happy knitting, y'all. Happy knitting. <laughs>